Welcome to another episode of the Hammer Down Sales and Productivity Podcast, where my mission is to help you achieve more success, more clients, a better mindset, and to create that killer mentality that will take you and your business to extraordinary levels. Hello, hello, Wayne Weathersby here with your new episode of the Hammer Down Sales and Productivity Podcast. Today's subject is, are salespeople born with natural talents or are they created? In other words, is it nature or nurture that determines a good salesperson? Is it possible for an introvert to sell? The assumption here is that you need to be fast talking, slick to be successful in sales. Or maybe you're thinking, I can never go into sales. I hate selling because I don't like pressuring people to buy. Let's answer these questions. Number one, no one is a great salesperson by birth. The best salespeople are nurture over time, molded by success and failure. Number two, don't confuse the gift of gab with selling. Talking and selling are worlds apart. The best salespeople, in my humble opinion, are those that listen more than they talk. They know more, and they show and follow through on customer commitments. Introverts can sell, and in many cases, better than an extrovert. And number three, pressuring people to buy in short term is a short-term recipe for long-term failure. No one likes to be pressured. With the advent of the internet and access to product information, consumers are no longer at a disadvantage. In fact, oftentimes the consumer knows more than the salesperson. With additional tools, tips, and tactics that you can use to supplement your already stocked sales kit, I'm going to show you how anybody can be a salesperson. With all of that said, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I've enjoyed coming up with the content. And remember, it isn't hard to sell. You just need to know how to do it. So no matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert, we're going to give you the tips on becoming a great salesperson. There is a formula. It's like a great recipe. If you follow the instructions, success will come. Now, success varies from person to person, and their goals vary. But we're going to give you some tips that will help you with your journey. First of all, you got to make the commitment. You got to have the why. Why are you in sales? Let's suppose that you're already in sales and you're looking to better yourself. And suppose someone stopped you dead in your tracks while you're making a presentation and asked you the question, why are you in sales? How would you answer that? I'd like for you to think you know, about that for a minute because it's a very important question. In fact, I will go out on a limb here and say that the very question, answer to this question will indicate whether or not you'll be successful in sales. Many people who answer this question automatically say it's the money. The money is the reason that I'm in sales, which still begs the question, what will money get you? Well, let's put a list together here. Here are some of the benefits of having money, right? Financial freedom, worry-free living, more time with your family, sending the kids to the best schools, buying that new car or that new house that you've always wanted, or even retiring early. And I'm sure you could think of many others. 
the more tangible and real you make your reasons for being in sales, the more likely you are to stay motivated and sell better. I'd like you to give this question some very serious thought. Why am I in sales? And if you have a moment, write it down. Write down the whys that drive you. first thing I would do would be to come up with some goals and expectations. Writing down goals and expectations is fine, but it's more effective to write specifically what you want and what it will take to get there. I'll give you a quick example. Let's just, for example, say that you want to buy a $30,000 car with cash. Then write that down and put a time frame on it. Now, let's assume that you're working somewhere where the average sale is $1,000 and you make a commission of 200 on each sale. Well, that means you'd have to make 180 sales over a 12 month period in order to earn that much money. 180 sales sounds like a lot, right? However, when you divide that up by 12 months, that means you have to make 15 sales a month. Then I would divide that by four. To meet your goal, that means you would have to have four sales per week. Now, you know how hard or easy, depending on your perspective, you'll have to work to get that new car. Now, it doesn't have to be a car. It could be having enough money to, in the bank to put your kids through college, or maybe you want to pay off uh, your house. Whatever the goal, quantify that and quantify what it will take in terms of sales to make that happen. Now, you want to assign your goal a time frame. Don't just say, oh, I want a new car eventually. That's not good enough. Give yourself a deadline. And when you give yourself a target date, you automatically create a sense of urgency. Failing to do so will only result in moving the, day, uh, the date out in order to alleviate any pressure you may be putting on yourself. No deadline leads to complacency. And it has been that said that a dream is a goal with a deadline. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Now, I want you to find someone in your life who you respect greatly. Share your goal with that person. Then have that person witness your commitment Studies show that when you know you're being watched by someone that you respect, then we are moving likely in an act of consistency to achieve that goal and doing what we said we would do. You will find a helpful worksheet online for setting goals. They're all over the place. So I would search those out and put your goals and expectations in writing with a deadline. Now, the reason for writing down tangible goals when you're looking forward will become evident during those dark days of selling, and I promise you there will be. There'll be days when your sales numbers are not what you expected them to be. And when you don't want to pick <clears throat> up the phone to make the next phone call, there'll be many days like that. There'll be days when every deal that was done becomes undone. And there'll also be days when you feel like making the sale, you don't feel like making the sales pitch or even taking the time to write up a proposal to send to your prospect. There will be low tide days where you can't seem to surf your way out of the cat, uh, you know, out of the catch, a sales wave. At those moments of personal anxiety, you will question the sanity of being in sales, I promise. Therefore, reminding yourself of the long-term objectives will actually come in handy. 
I once heard the saying, obstacles are those things you see when you take your eyes off the goal. If that's the case, then the day-to-day challenges of selling can be gratifying because you know it's part of the success process. Every day brings you one step closer to your goals and expectations. Each day, your challenge will to be overcome, avoid, or jump over any obstacles in your path. Your strength to stay the course will depend on your ability to call to mind the reason or reasons for why you're in sales. If you know the long-term goal and you can see it with clarity, even when things are going wrong, then summon that vision of tomorrow in your mind. Use it as a reminder that each obstacle resolved brings you that much closer to your goal. The next step is to know your target. Many times as a coach, I've asked the question to salespeople, who is your target market? And judging by the answer I receive, I can separate quite effortlessly those who have been in sales for a long time and those with experience versus those who are just starting out. The answer to this key question is an immediate telltale sign of how much a person knows about selling. Nine out of 10 times, I'm told, anybody who will buy. Well, reality check. You can't sell to everybody. It's not only impossible, it's improbable. Not everyone you approach will need or want your product or service. When you talk to someone who doesn't know who they're selling to, and you find out that they're not having any luck, you'll often hear the excuse, no one's buying. That's a total lie, or at best, a great excuse, actually a very poor excuse. Someone is always buying. The reason no one wants buying may be because they're simply selling to the wrong target market or they're not doing their prospecting. They can have the best product in the world with all the bells and whistles, but if they're selling it to the wrong target market, there's a chance that the success is not gonna be very good. You can have the best snow-making machine in the marketplace, but if you're trying to sell that to people up north where it snows in the dead of winter, You'll find that no one is buying, I promise. Why? It's a great product, but the target is wrong. Often people fail in sales because they haven't taken the time to stop and think about who they should be selling to. Many learn about the product they have to sell, get a list of prospects or lead, and then they try to close a sale. When that fails, they blame themselves, the market, the weather, or the product. Here's the answer to the question. How can I sell more? In order to sell successfully, you have to find the people that need your product or service or solve a problem. The first order of business is learning specifically beforehand who it is that you'll be selling to and ask yourself, who will buy my product? Another good question to ask is who has purchased my product or similar type of product in the past? The best place to look for the answer to that question is with people who have made purchases in the past, right? a past database, perfect example. Take a close look at who's bought and what they've purchased. If you begin to analyze these clients, some commonalities and consistencies will become apparent. It's also good to keep in mind the rule of thumb. It's six times easier to keep a client than it is to go out and get a new one. The main thing to remember is people who purchase from you and if they were satisfied in the past, they have a huge likelihood to buy from you and your company again. 
And it's easier to sell again than it is to go out and convince someone to buy for the first time. Now, the next thing you want to do is sketch out your prospect. What I'd like you to know is to become sales. Perfect. You want to sketch out the ideal prospect and remember that every detail is important. The more you define the buyer, the more efficient you'll be at targeting the right suspects. I'm going to challenge you to become an expert at lead generation and come up with at least 10 characteristics of your ideal prospect. The last five will be the most difficult, which will force you to really think about the prospect you're selling to. Nonetheless, I have the confidence that if you know who those people are, you can do it. The more you know about your prospect, the more likely it is you'll be able to influence and persuade them into buying your product. One question you may have is, who do I sell to? One of the big questions you have to ask yourself is, are they business to business? Or are they business to customer? Knowing your target market will allow you to focus on those businesses that are likely to buy from you. Typically in a business to business selling situation, you'll want to know what type of industry do you sell to? What's the company's annual income? How many employees does this company have? Where's the company located? Who are the decision makers and what products are they already currently using? If you're a business selling to a person or a consumer directly, this is referred to as B2C or business to consumer. In this scenario, to sell more effectively, you want to know the typical profile you're dealing with. You'll want to know things like, are they married or are they single? How many kids do they have? What is their annual income? Do they own a home? Do they own a car? Do they own my product already? And are they happy? or unhappy with the current product that they own. The next subject is the laws of sales attraction. Knowing who to sell will save you a lot of time because you won't be spending your time on clients who will never buy from you. Secondly, you'll be able to detect which sales approach is best to ensure the sale. And thirdly, when you understand who you're selling to, the best approach to use, your closing rate will increase proportionately, thereby making you more money. Additionally, because of your success, your self-esteem will rise and your confidence and your ability will grow. Even if you are not consciously aware of it, others around you will take notice. Successful people love to be around other successful people. This is where the law of attraction begins to manifest itself. You've succeeded at all the things you've been working so hard to accomplish, and others are now attracted to your sales success. You begin to widen your network of people, which in turn leads to opportunities much greater than your mind can currently imagine. Knowing your product or service, 
The best method and fastest way to gain product knowledge is to read as much as you can, watch as much as you can, and talk to other clients that use that product. Devour product information and first memorize the important features of your product. Then develop benefit statements, what it will do for the prostate. Each feature your product has to offer, you want to have a benefit that it will provide that client. Finally, to really build your knowledge base, list every possible question a potential prospect may ask you about your product. Your job as a salesperson is to be able to answer these feature questions and add a benefit statement, right? Feature, function, and benefit. Prospects want to feel comfortable about their decision to purchase. The best way to reduce buying anxiety is to demonstrate your competence by recommending the best product for them to buy. But in order for them to believe you or take your advice, they have to see that you as an expert know what you're talking about when it comes to the product. Someone who knows what they are talking about goes a long way with a client. Sometimes selling is simply a transfer of confidence. If the prospect feels that you're confident that you're providing them with the best solution for their need and they believe you, they will buy from you. That takes me to building credibility. Nothing will undermine your credibility faster in front of a potential client than your inability to articulate what you have to offer or your inability to answer the most fundamental questions about the product or service that you offer. When a client sets aside time to speak with you about your product and you don't know the answer to fundamental questions about the product or how it can be best service to that client, then you've wasted your time. Even worse, you've wasted the prospect's time and that is inexcusable. Your goal as a salesperson should be to dedicate yourself to learning as much as you can about your product and then find ways to demonstrate to the client how your product stands a head and shoulders above the competition. In other words, don't let the prospect be smarter than you. If you know your products outside and in, that will show your client that you can handle any problem that, that, that arises for them and you'll be able to solve it. One of the fastest ways to build credibility is by demonstrating your expertise or mastery of what you're selling and showing the prospects how your product will help them become more successful. Now, you often hear in sales seminars and sales trainers say that there's nothing wrong with answering our prospect's question by stating, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out and get back to you. I generally agree with that. But I would add the caveat that although it's all right to say I don't know, if you say it too many times, you're going to lose the sale. How many times is too many? Well, use the 30-minute rule. I don't know. If you say I don't know more than once every 30 minutes, then you're not going to do very well. Therefore, the only way to prepare for a meeting with a prospect and not get caught saying I don't know is to know your product and know it well. So here's what I want you to do. Take a minute and list five questions your prospects are most likely to ask about your product. I realize this is probably going to be more than those five questions, so let's just focus on five likely questions. Then write those out. How would you respond to the product or the service question posed by the prospect? Write out your responses and study what you're saying to those until you feel comfortable. Practicing the responses aloud is important. The reality is sometimes what we write on paper doesn't translate well when spoken aloud. 
and may not communicate our exact meaning. Therefore, keep playing with the words until it feels natural. Earlier, I mentioned the use of features and benefits as to pertain to your product and how it would help you with your potential customer or client. I think it is important to review what a feature is, what purpose it serves in the sales process, and how trying a benefit statement to each feature will help you sell more. First, let me define both terms so that you completely understand what I'm talking about. Feature. A feature is a particular characteristic of your product that your, or service, and a benefit is how that particular characteristic will help solve a client's problem. I've listened to many presentations where after the first 10 minutes, I felt totally lost and I didn't understand because all the features were being thrown at me, along with all the technical and industry jargon that people use to try to impress the client. When a buyer is overwhelmed or confused about what is being offered, he or she will inevitably choose not to make a buying decision at all. The psychological term that applies here is risk aversion. People seek to avoid things that they perceive as being too risky. And as a salesperson, one of the assumptions that you should always make when delivering a sales presentation or a pitch is that the prospect knows little or nothing about what you're selling or how it will benefit them. And if a salesperson tells you a computer has a dual process capabilities, he's describing a feature that helps the computer run fast. Then if the salesperson explains how you'll be able to download movies and music in just seconds instead of hours, he's letting you know the benefit of that. The best salespeople know they need to describe their product, a feature, and immediately tie them directly to a benefit. Another exercise I'd like you to try is to create your own feature benefit table. Start by listing on the left-hand side of the paper all of the features your product or service has to offer. Then in the right-hand side column, to those features, add a benefit. This exercise will force you to think really hard about all the possible benefits your product or service has to offer. This will help you maximize every sale opportunity, influence the buyer's perception in your favor. I hope this episode has been helpful. We're going to follow this episode up with several other ones with some more steps that will help you take your sales career to the next level. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Wayne Weathersby, and remember, be productive and not busy. Hey guys, Coach Wayne here. I am so excited to have you guys on board for this Hammer Down Sales and Productivity podcast. My story is an interesting one from rock star to sales star to real estate star. I am going to give you 27 years of experience and tie all that together on why all of those businesses taught me how to be super successful and what I've learned in my journey. And over $150 million in revenue generated contracts closed. Are you ready to take the jump? Be productive and not busy? Listen up. We got an episode hitting later tonight. Have a great day.